you have your Bible, if you'll take it and turn with us to the book of Hebrews, uh, to the book of Hebrews, we're going to be in chapter 4 today, in Hebrews chapter 4. Um, it's an interesting passage, uh, <clears throat> I know as I'm reading through this, you're probably going to be wondering, what in the world does this have to do with Christmas? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to read through these verses, and then I'm just going to come back and, and draw a couple of points, so maybe we can understand them. If you'll turn with me uh, to chapter 4 of Hebrews, but I want to start in Hebrews 3 and 16 to recap where we were. It says, for who heard and rebelled? Wasn't it really all those who came out of Egypt under Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? Stay with me, because I know you're thinking right now, my goodness, preacher, what in the world does this have to do with joy to the world? And so then he goes on and says, uh, in verse 18, And those to whom he swore they would not enter into his rest, if, it, if not those who disobeyed, verse 19, so when we see that they were unable to enter the rest because of their unbelief. Now look at chapter 4 and verse 1. There's that word, therefore. While the promise to enter into his rest remains, let us let us fear so that none of us should miss it. Now, I want you to underline that in your Bible, highlight it on your smart device, verse 1. If a promise of rest remains, <clears throat> let us be careful that no one misses it. Do you see that? None of you, not one. No, not one would miss the promise of rest. And so then he goes on. And uh, he, he lays it out here and he says in verse 2, For we also have received the good news, just as they did. The message they heard, and it did not benefit them, since they were not united with those who heard it in faith. There's a key word there, in faith. Verse 3, For we who have believed enter the rest, in keeping with what he has said. So I swore in my anger that they would not enter into that rest, and yet his words have been finished since the foundation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this way. And on the seventh day God rested. And uh, he rested from all of his works. Again in that passage it says in verse 5. They will never enter into my rest since it remains for some to enter into it. And those who formerly received the good news did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he specifies specifically today, speaking through David, after such a long time as previously stated, today, if you hear his voice and do not harden your hearts. Look at this, verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken about another day that was coming. A Sabbath remains, therefore, therefore, for God's people, for this person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. Now look at this, verse 11. Let us then make every effort to enter the rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. Now, let's take a few moments and see if we can make a little sense out of this if we can. The Bible teaches of a rest. Matter of fact, in the beginning, in Genesis 
1, Genesis 2, talked about God created the heavens and the earth, and then on the Sabbath, He rested. The Bible then moves on to talk about that we should honor the Sabbath. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Keep it holy. Because God knew as human beings that we needed rest. And we needed a day of rest. Now, we, like in many cases, seem to think that we know better than God and that we can go seven days a week, about 14 hours a day, and burning the candle at both ends, and then we wonder why we're so tired. Amen? But he said that we should rest. Then as you move forward through the Old Testament, God believed in rest so much that he talked about the spirit of rest and the year of Jubilee. Now, with the year of Jubilee, uh, it was that uh, the land would rest. They would lay the land out and allow it to rest. It'd have a season of rest. It talked about anyone who owed a debt in that seventh year. If they were not able to repay it, it was forgiven. It would go into this time of rest. Then we move on and we see the children of Israel. God was bringing them out of a place of bondage. Now stay with me for one moment. You remember in the first sermon uh, two weeks ago when we talked about the gifts of Christmas, the reason that Jesus came was for identification, propitiation, and sanctification. That is the essence of Christmas. But you remember it said in that verse, it says, And to free those who for all of their lifetime in fear and bondage, in Hebrews chapter 1, it talked about that. Now, now so those who were in bondage, he, he was bringing them out of Egypt, the children of Israel, but then there were those who didn't believe. They, there was a hardness of their heart, and they didn't believe, and they began to say, oh, look, yeah, I mean, God says he's got all this stuff for us. And, and as a matter of fact, they went and they, they sent 12 spies to spy out the land. As a matter of fact, they brought back a good report. It was so great that they came back with uh, the grapes of Eshkel from the promised land. The grapes were so big. I'm telling you, listen, the hybrid people today wish they had something on this. They were so big, they had to cut down a limb or a little sapling and put it on the shoulders of two men to carry back the cluster of grapes that came from Eshkel, the grapes of Eshkel. They came back, and here's what they said. God is right. It is a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And look, here is the grapes of Eshkel. But they said, it's too big. The giants are too great. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And so then they said, let us elect a new leader and go back to Egypt. Yeah, I know we were in slavery, and, but you know what? In Egypt, man, we had fish, and we had onions, and we had garlic, and yeah, I know we had to make bricks all the time, and you know, you know, I, I know they were killing our babies and trying to, to, to reduce the population, but, but let's just go back. But there were two that said, no, let's believe God, Joshua and Caleb. And so then God put them under this sentence, and they spent the 40 years in the desert, and that whole generation had to pass away. And then Joshua led a new generation into the promised land. Now, now stay with me. God had this place that wasn't as strifle for them. It was a place that was flowing with milk and honey. The grapes were there. The wonders were there. The mysteries were there. All of those things were there. It was a place where the load would have been easier. But man thought, you know what? Between us and the blessing, there is too much adversity. There is too much hardship. And so they said, you know what? Let's just go back. 
But nevertheless, Joshua did lead a generation into the promised land, into the land flowing with milk and honey. Now, now stay with me for just one moment. Now, we read that verse, and I ask you to underline it, where it says, if God wasn't speaking of another rest, he wouldn't have said there's coming a day. Now, so there's several things. God said every week, I want you to take time out and treat yourself to some time off. Yeah, you say, tell that to my boss. So every week, and then he says, I want to bring you to a place where your load is easy and your burden is light. Yes, you'll have to work. Yes, you'll have to fall. But, but many times we say, God, I know better than. But then God speaks of another rest that is coming. Now, now stay with me for just a moment because uh, when we think about Christmas and all this rest business, I know you're thinking, my goodness, that's the opposite. Rest is an oxymoron for this particular season. I mean, just as you're running and you're hustling and you're bustling and you're going through all the Christmas parties at work and your, your kids' little league team and your, your school parties and your teachers and your gifts and you're doing all of this and you're trying to make it to, to, to Nana and, 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 and your grandpa's house and then Momo's house and, and then, and then, and then you're just going through this. And then in the midst of it, you know, you know the, the parents are calling and they're saying, well, okay, how soon can you get here? How quick can you be here? I know you have to go to that other person's house, but, but how quick can you be at my house? Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? And so you're probably thinking, whew, there's a lot of things about Christmas, but rest isn't one of them. Matter of fact, some of you have already moved into that phrase that says, even so, Lord, let it pass. Even so, Lord, bring January the 1st so we can get on with life. Now, we know that Christmas was about a baby in a manger. I mean, even the world knows it. That's why they're trying to evict the manger scene from every public square or picture around the world because it is the essence of Christmas. We know that. We know that it is the essence of Christmas. And we know that Jesus was born, and we know that he was born to take away the sins of the world. But do you know he was born for something else? He was born to give us rest. He was born to prepare a place for us, prepare the rest for us that is coming in the future. Now, as we look at this, and we started out here at the end of chapter 3, here's what he says at the end of that verse. He says, and many of them did not enter into that rest because of their unbelief. Chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, while the promise remains of entering into his rest, let us fear that we do not miss it. Now, we're fearful of a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a whole page after page of Acts in the Bible. You know, I mean, in the dictionary. Hypochondriac. I mean, just, just, just the whole thing. There's just these, all these, and then these fears. All the fears that people have. All these different things that they have. Claustrophobia, all, I, I could just spend the rest of the time talking about all the phobias in the world. But here's what God says. Here's what you should fear. There's a couple of places the Bible says you should fear some things. It says you should fear God. It says in the New Testament, don't fear those who can steal you, rob from you, and then do you no harm, but fear the one who can, 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 can send you to an eternal hell. And here he says, fear that you miss... The rest. And there's a lot of things that you may flunk in life, but uh, flunking the weekend off is not on your agenda. But we do it all the time. 
Matter of fact, it seems like now we rest so little that we need Monday to recuperate from the weekend. There used to be a joke that went around if somebody had a car that was a lemon or something like that, or they would say, well, they must have built that on Friday with the anticipation of being off was the saying. Yeah, they must have built that car on Friday. They must have done that on Friday. Now they must have done that on Monday. They were still hung up on fun day from Sunday, Friday, Saturday, and then they're just trying to get their mind back in the game. Now, here's the thing I really want you to understand because there's some essential thoughts here that I, I want to share with you today that I believe will be very relevant to what we're trying to say. This, uh, this Christmas season, God has promised us his very best. Matter of fact, we can go back and look where we started in, uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, where it talked about that he is the express image of God, full of his glory, full of his grace, and he by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of God. Then we can look at that verse from last week, where it said in chapter 3, Therefore, holy brethren and companions in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus our faithful and high priest. Now, you say, why do you keep going back, Pastor? Well, in these few chapters, in 2, 3, and 4, the word therefore is mentioned five times. Five times we see the word therefore. Last week, chapter 3 and verse 1, therefore consider your high priest. Today, therefore, don't miss out on rest. Don't miss out on what God is doing. Now, I believe today there's some of us that need rest. Not just from physical rest, not just from running and gunning and going seven days a week. But some of you need a spiritual rest. You need to come apart before you come apart. Can I say that again? Some of you need to come apart before you come apart. I know that little cliche. I'd rather, I'd rather uh, burn out and rust out. Well, that's mighty thoughtful and mighty adventurous of your spirit, but... If you don't come apart, you will come apart before you ever burn out. Even Jesus had a season of rest. He came apart from the masses. He came apart from the crowds. He came apart from the disciples and spent time with just the Father. Yes, we need a physical rest, but some of us need a spiritual rest. And then some of us, stay with me right here, write this down. Some of us need a psychological rest because you are running yourself crazy in your mind. You are running yourself to death, worrying about everything in the world that you are missing the essence of what God is doing. I know that I know what I've been hearing it since I was a little kid at Christmas was about Jesus coming to take away the sins of the world but I want you to know it was bigger than taking away the sins of the world he was removing the roadblock that stood between me and all of eternity in the presence of God the Father Son and the Holy Spirit and embracing the express image of his glory and he's so bright the Bible says there's no need for no sun or no moon because the lamb is the light I'm talking about kicking up gold dust can I get a witness now you see had there been no propitiation had there been no sanctification had there been no identification there would never be the season of rest now stay with me for just a moment God gave us his best he promised and he gave it God so loved the world so much he wrapped up his firstborn son put him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger that he might take away the sins of the world. And this is the condemnation that has come into the world 
that men rejected the light. They loved darkness more than the light. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. I know that he gave us his... Do you believe God gave us his best? Do you believe Christmas was about him giving us his best? How many of you ever thought about Christmas was about his promise to give us rest? Don't miss it. I believe if God took time to write in the Bible, be careful, fear that you don't miss the rest, then we should take notice. Now, we spend all of our lifetime preparing for a season of rest. Matter of fact, you don't rest much during the week. You work yourself to a grinding halt to prepare for a day that you may rest. It's called retirement. And most people think I'll never really be able to enjoy rest till I get to retirement. And when I retire, I'll be able to kick back and I'll be able to say, soul, take ease. You've done well. Enjoy this season of rest. Well, let's just say in a perfect world that you did really well and you retired pretty early and you laid up for yourself. And you, as the commercial says today, you had a lot of orange money laid up for another day. And, and I mean, we've got advertising, marketing, and your social media is filled with how do I lay up for the great day, the golden years? Well, the reason they called them golden years, I've come to realize from people who have already been there and brought back a report for the, as an exploration report from the golden years is it takes a whole lot of gold to get through the golden years. And so in that dynamic, the interesting thing is that we spend all of our time laying up. Now, now, in a perfect world, if you did everything right according to the book and your investments were really prosperous and you did really well and you retired early. Let's just say you retired at 65, 70 years old and, man, and, and, you, and you, you, you just enjoyed life for, for 10 years. What's 10 years? It's but a moment. I mean, it was January 20 years ago that I was, my knees were trembling and knocking together and I was preaching my first sermon as a pastor and I'm thinking, where did that come from? Where did those days go? How did that happen? We went to Natchitoches last night and we stopped at this little station and I was there and I walked in there to that restroom and I remember I'd working up at the paper mill in Campty and I met a preacher there. I remember going in that restroom and cleaning myself up and splash, taking a little sink bath and, and looking presentable and sitting down and talking to a preacher about preaching my first revival ever in the fall of that year. I was there last night thinking, wow, where'd that go? And we spent all of our time we spend all of our time preparing for retirement, which is just a few years, and we miss life waiting to get to retirement, and we don't do any living, and we lay up ourselves treasures on earth to enjoy the retirement that's just for a few years, even if the best of days. You say, well, preacher, I didn't come here to be depressed. Well, it's reality. So let me encourage you. Let me encourage you with this for just a moment. You were not created to lay up just temporary treasures. You were created. You were created for eternity. Can I say that again? You were created for eternity. But we live like we were created for a moment. We live like we were created for a disposable generation. We live like we were created in this season. 
But what God is saying to you is, look, I, I wanted you to take some time off on earth. I, so much that I gave a year of Jubilee in the Old Testament where everything would have a season of rest. But I want you to understand, it wasn't about resting on the Sabbath. It wasn't about resting for the Jubilee. You were created to spend eternity with me, which is the ultimate rest. And had there not been an ultimate rest, Joshua would have never spoke of it. Some of you are dreading the Christmas season as we looked at last week when Christmas loses its joy. Because you're going through uh, Christmas for the first time without a loved one. You've lost a kid. You've lost a spouse. When ultimately they just beat you to the rest. The Bible says that we were in this place and we were created to spend eternity with Him. He promised us His best. He gave us His Son Jesus but the reason that Jesus came was, yes, to take away the sins of the world. Yes, the reason Jesus came was to be the identifier with humanity. Yes, the reason that Jesus came was to sanctify us and we should be who we are and what he designed us to be. That's the glorious part about these two students up here earlier is that they are aligning themselves with what God created them for. And I'll tell you today that if you are aligned with what God created you for and your heart is beating his heartbeat, then you will fulfill the rest of that word of sanctification vacation which means i will live holy as unto the lord as a reasonable as a living sacrifice which is my reasonable service because i am going soon and very soon i'm going to see the king and spend all of eternity with him the express image of his glory some of you are wore out one of my favorite questions that i love to ask people and I've asked some of you in this room here today, is are you tired yet? Are you tired? And when I'm saying that, I'm not speaking about because you worked hard. See, if you work hard, if you put in a hard 12 hours physically, and you go home and you sleep a good six, you'll get up refreshed, ready to go again. But for those of you that are working hard psychologically and you're running yourself silly, you can sleep 12 hours and not have rest from that burden. My question is, are you tired yet? Did you know Christmas was about rest? Now, now I know if we had, if we had uh, four boxes wrapped up here under this pond set of tree here and one of them was identification and one of them was sanctification and one of them was... Uh, um, uh, propitiation and one of them was rest boy that doesn't sound very you want some rest I, you know I've heard people say this a lot boy I wish I could bottle up that kid's energy and get me a dose of that I've never seen anybody say I, I wish I could just bottle up some rest what they're saying is, I am so exhausted and depleted that I need to figure out how to get more energy, not how to gain rest. Did you know Christmas was about creating a way that you could enter into a season of rest for all of eternity? And the sad part is that most people, some people, a lot of people, will never find it. When you die, it's not the end. It's the beginning. We gave, we celebrated these college students today. Their whole life, all they've ever known is to prepare for adulting. 
That's all they've known. They've started from pre-K. They've gone all the way. Now some of them, matter of fact, I think all three of our graduates are now moving into grad school. So proud of them. Their preparation's not over with. They're still preparing for the next chapter in their adult life. And do you realize that this thing called life is about the preparation for a thing called eternity? We were created in the image of God that we would spend all of eternity with Him. All of eternity with Him. All of eternity with Him. It's an overwhelming thought that we were put here to live in a world that is filled with sin and strife, that we might fall in love with the King of glory, that we might give our heart and our life to Him, and that He might prepare us for, to spend all of eternity with Him in the presence of God. In the presence of God. That we would spend all of eternity with Him. But today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, many people will never enter into that rest. They will miss the eternal rest. They will miss the death. They will experience eternal torment because they left the most dull present under the tree. Rest. Rest. Well, that sounds boring. I don't rest well. I don't. I can rest well for a few moments, but then I need to be doing something. Some of you have been working so hard to find rest that you're only finding greater burdens. Some of you have been working so hard your whole life that one day I'll, I'll rest when I retire. Yet you're missing the greatest rest. If you think retirement's the greatest thing to happen, then you ought to speak to some people that's retired. People flunk retirement all the time. Miss Joy. We're celebrating her today. She just retired this week. Pastor Ralph said, pray for us. This new chapter in our life. I said, well, if she can do one more day, that she can go to work Monday, she'll beat Brother Danny. I said, he premeditatedly flunked retirement. Other people say, well, I'm going to retire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, and this whole thing, and we're missing it. If you think that's the greatest moment of your life, you're missing it. We have all of eternity to spend with the King of glory, the express image of the one who is above all, in all, and through him and by him. All things exist to spin at his feet. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Please. I beg you. I implore you. I beseech you. Don't miss it. Lay up for yourself treasures not on earth where thieves can jump in and steal them and moths come in and destroy them. Rust overwhelms them. But lay up yourself treasures in earth. After the early service, one of our men came up to me and said, I couldn't wait till I retired. I was going to be, I'd rock by, drive by, see people sitting on the front porch. One day I'm going to rock myself away. He said, I hadn't rocked yet. I said, the difference is God grabbed a hold of his life and now he realizes I need to lay up treasures in earth. I mean in heaven. Laying up treasures in heaven. Laying up treasures in heaven. Laying up treasures in heaven. 
Some of you are here, you made poor investment decisions. You've made bad business decisions. And you're saying, I'm going to have to work till I die. There will be no rest for me. And you're thinking, man, you've lost the greatest thing in the world. You were not put here to prepare for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Brother Bob Voss, how many years have you been retired? You've been retired longer than I've been alive. Not everybody's like him. He retired the first time before I was born from the military. Sometimes people have long years of retirement, but he's never quit. He's never quit. I remember when we went on our first trip to Peru, he wanted us going with us. And Brother Matt said, he can't go with us. He's too old. What happens if something happens? I said, well, you go tell him he can't go. He said, well, I'm not telling him. I said, well, I'm not man enough to go tell him he can't go. And he's been there, and he's been back, and he's been to Haiti, and he's been back again. Because he's not, wait, this isn't his rest. His rest is to spend eternity with the King of glory, and that's what we were created for. Quit living like you're only living for this moment and this season. Live like you're living for all of eternity, and it's the greatest gift under the tree. Let me close with this. <clears throat> In the early 1970s, farming began to be a have, a, have a, have a little comfort and amenities put to it. They began to have tractors with cabs on them. It had air-conditioned heat, AM, FM radio. I mean, you talk about living large. The only problem was there wasn't a whole lot of extra space in them. There was a, you had little arms that you would sit on. My family had international, so they were very little bitty, bitty arms. And so you would ride on that arm till your hiney couldn't take it anymore. And then you'd crawl around on the floor. And uh, people had John Deere's make kids envious because they had wide, wide arms on one side. You could sit on them. And so I, I, I didn't have that. We had these little bitty arms. And as a little boy, I remember going with my dad and grandfather all day. And then the year of 1979 came along. And they had this new creation in the farming world called an 86 series tractor that my grandfather went and bought one. And it was brand new. And the greatest thing about this tractor was you couldn't sit on the arm because the arm was right over the gear, so you couldn't sit there. But all the way across the back of it, they had a bench. It was about this wide. I'm telling you, I thought I had a jungle gym back there. And he got that thing, and it was a perfect place to put your feet. And, and I would ride that thing with him all day. And when I got tired, it was big enough I could take a nap. I didn't have to go home. I didn't, have, I, I didn't have to go lay down. I could lay down right there and nap and get up and keep going, riding, riding, riding. And then somehow, I don't know how this happened, but some little lady found out about it. She made me a pillow that was the perfect size of that bench behind the seat of that tractor. My goodness. For a 
five-year-old boy, it was heaven on earth. I mean, there I was all day with my grandfather riding on that tractor. I'd get tired, I'd lay down, I'd take a nap on that pillow somebody created for me. And I remember one, it was, it was in the spring of the year, and man, we were just living the dream. And, and I decided that I was tired, I was going to lay down and take a nap. And it was rough. And I was bouncing all around, but nevertheless, I was tired, and I went to sleep on my nice little pillow. And when I woke up, we were just sitting there, just sitting in the middle of the field. <coughs> now, there was other tractors in the field, and they were doing their thing, but we were just sitting there. Now, my grandfather, would he loved coffee, and he would stop and drink some coffee and have a little sip of water and then keep going. But, but he wasn't even on a coffee break. He was just sitting there. Just, just sitting there. Listening to AM radio. I didn't understand why he wanted to listen to AM when he had FM in there. But nevertheless, <coughs> he was sitting there. And I asked him, so why are we just sitting here? And he said, well, it was just so rough that you, keep, you kept beating your head against the back glass. So I thought, well, I'll just stop and let him take a little rest. Now, if your earthly fathers and grandfathers know how to give you a little rest, how many of you ever had your daddy carry you in from the car at night because you couldn't go anymore, lay you down in a baby bed, your big bed? How many of you ever, you just got tired of, wherever you were and you just fell asleep on the shoulder of your father he'd pull you close your earthly fathers and mothers know how to give you rest how much more does your heavenly father know how to give you rest quit struggling embrace the rest some of you right now, you're wishing Christmas would pass. Even so, Lord, come quickly. Slow down. Say, Lord, until I get home, can I have a season of rest? Lord, Please give me some psychological rest so that I can psychologically, mentally be made whole. Lord, please give me some physical rest until I get to that eternal rest. Now let me say this. When we get to heaven, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know I'm going to be like him. It says in First John. And I don't believe it's all going to be sitting around the river fishing all day. The Bible said we were going to rule and reign with Him. Ask me to explain it. Can't do it. But what I know is that it will be in a perfect environment and everything we do will be so easy. It will be a land that's fixed with rest. If it were not so, he said Joshua would not have promised of another day of rest when they got to the land flowing with milk and honey.
If it were not so, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 4 and verse 1 would not have said, Therefore, take heed that you do not miss the rest. Because I gave you my best that you may experience that rest. You say, what does this have to do with Christmas? Everything. The essence of Christmas was to clear a way, clear a path that we may get to the land of rest. Your head bowed today. God, Lord, I pray you'll speak to our hearts. Lord, if there's somebody here today and they're struggling because they'll feel like they've never retire, Lord, let them know that's not the, the sum of all equations. Lord, if there's somebody here working so hard to get to the part where they can just retire one day. Lord, let them know that's not the sum of all equations. If there's somebody here, Lord, that is so tired, they're so tired spiritually, they're so tired physically, they are so tired psychologically, Lord, let them draw nigh to you. Let them draw close to you, Lord. That they can rest in you. They can rest in you. Lord, you're a good, good father. It'll take time out and create a space of rest so that they may experience your glory. Lord, today, as we find our way to this old altar, God, may you speak to our hearts by the power of the resurrection. Thank you for Christmas. That it was about us getting to the place where we could spend all of eternity with you. In Jesus' name.